Grace and peace be to you from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Last Sunday we started out with a story of a child who had been adopted and this adopted child kept overlooking those words from his mother of, I love you. He took each note that she was sending as a challenge that he had to live up to rather than words of love and affirmation. We considered how Christians have often done the same thing with the Beatitudes. Many, many sermons have been preached that turn the Beatitudes from gospel into law. How many Christians have read the words of Jesus as something they must become. And they read right past the words, blessed are. Jesus said, blessed are are the poor in spirit. He didn't say, become poor in spirit and maybe one day you too can be blessed. He didn't say, if you become meek enough, well then you can be blessed. But listen again to the words of Jesus and don't, don't just skip right past those words of blessed are. Listen to what he's saying here. Blessed are the poor in spirit for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be satisfied. You poor in spirit folks, you who mourn, you hungering and thirsting for righteousness people, Jesus says, you, you're blessed. Right here, right now, you are blessed because the Son of God has come into the world And he has come as the king, establishing an eternal kingdom, and he's invited you to be a part of his kingdom. Now, much as those words, blessed are, often go overlooked from Jesus, so too, in today's reading, we have words that go overlooked. We skip right past, you are. You are are the salt of the earth. Now, notice, Jesus doesn't say become. He doesn't say seek to be. He says you are. You are the salt of the earth. You are the light of the world. Not become, not seek to be. You are. You are the salt of the earth. Now, what in the world does Jesus mean by that? What does he mean when he says you are the salt of the earth? Well, salt in the ancient world was especially precious. It was extremely valued because it just made life better all around. Salt made food tastier, and salt was regularly used to preserve food. Salt was so highly valued that uh, our our word uh, salary comes from the fact that Roman soldiers would be given some salt as part of their payments. But salt also stings. There's a reason that we have the phrase, rubbing salt in the wound because it still stands, doesn't it? When you get salt in an open wound, it stings. So when Jesus says, you are the salt of the earth, what do you think he means? Well, I really love the way Bo Geertz explains this in one of his sermons. He said, the salt preserves, keeps fresh, and hinders putrefaction. Because it purifies, it also stings. So it is with salt from heaven. It has in itself some of God's holy power to burn. It stings in a sore conscience that 
has not wanted to lay its wounds under the hand of Christ and receive healing, but seeks to hide them and pretend that it does not need a doctor. The salt is something healthy and fresh that gives seasoning to life and preserves it, as God's good law does when a person obeys it, not from fear, not from calculation, but from love of God. Then, our talk about grace becomes seasoned with salt, as the apostle says, and we understand how we should answer everyone. Jesus then goes on and he says, not only are you the salt of the earth, you are the light of the world. A city on a hill cannot be hidden, nor do people light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a stand. And it gives light to all in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others, so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father who is in heaven. A city on a hill can't be hidden. The light is going to shine because the city is simply going to be lit up by all of those people lighting their lamps. It's not, it's not one big light. It's all of these little lights that collectively become a whole big light that shines upon the hill. You can imagine in the, in the hill country of Judea, you know, a city on a hill and how, how dark it would be with all, without all of the artificial lights that we're accustomed to. And you see... Here's this city on a hill, and yep, you can see the light shining from that from miles away. I experienced this living out west. Out west, there are huge areas without any lights, <laughs> huge empty areas. But you can, be, you can be driving, and you can see way off in the distance at night a glow. And you know, oh, well, there's a city coming up. You might not be anywhere near the city, but you can tell it's coming because there's that glow off in the distance. It can't be hidden. Jesus says, that's how it is with my people. They're salt. They are light. They are a city upon a hill. Now, I think we generally misunderstand this teaching from Jesus in two different ways. The first way is people think, well, I'd better figure out how to become salt. If I'm supposed to be the salt of the earth, I better figure out how I can shine my light everywhere if I'm supposed to be the light of the world. And so they start to focus on themselves. I'd better get more Christian t-shirts. I'd better start wearing a cross. I'd better really start forcing conversations with God on people and, and get really active in this thing. Uh, and... Uh, maybe uh, maybe I should just only listen to Christian music from now on and, uh, and, and really focus on doing a lot of good stuff and then, then I could be salt. But this is not what Jesus is teaching. The second way people miss the mark in understanding this is they, they look at themselves again and they think, well, actually, you know what? I, I don't think I really am the salt of the earth. <laughs> I mean, I think I'm more like that that salt that's lost its saltiness and needs to just be thrown out and trampled because there's nothing, I'm, I'm not really doing anything of use here, I don't think. Well, in both of these approaches, the problem begins because we're looking to ourselves rather than looking to Jesus. You don't become salt by deciding, I'm going to be salty today. <laughs> you just end up being salty, right? And not in the good sense. 
And when you don't feel like you're the salt of the earth, the solution isn't, I better figure out how I can become salty again. The, the solution is you got to go back to Jesus. You got to recognize, oh yeah, that's right. I'm poor in spirit. <laughs> I'm one of those poor in spirit people. I got to go back to Jesus and in him, in him I'm blessed. If you're not seeing yourself as the salt of the earth, Look to Jesus and understand, yeah, I'm poor in spirit, but in him, I'm blessed. And as I look to him and learn from him and walk with him, well, you know what? He'll, he, he makes me the salt of the earth. I don't make me the salt of the earth. If you're desiring to live as salt and light, look to Jesus and remember he called you. You poor in spirit people, right? You're not salt and light because you're better than anybody around you. You're salt and light because Jesus has made you such. Martin Franzman wrote, the disciples are salt and light by virtue of what Jesus is giving them. They need not trouble themselves about how to become salt or light any more than a city set upon a hilltop need concern itself about becoming conspicuous. Focusing on becoming salt and light isn't the key. Jesus is the key. When we focus on him, coming to him, humbly confessing our sin, receiving his forgiveness, listening to his voice, asking him to lead us in all things, well, he makes us salt and light. And the good works do follow. The poor in spirit are made salt and light, and they're going to have an impact on their surroundings. Just like a city on a hill is going to shine. But the works aren't done to prove anything. The works are done because Jesus blessed the poor in spirit and made them salt and light. Made you salt and light. When Jesus teaches about Judgment Day, you remember how he teaches about the the sheep and the goats? I think this helps us to understand what this whole salt and light thing is all about. When he teaches about the sheep and the goats, remember how he says this? When the Son of Man comes in his glory and all the angels with him, then he will sit on his glorious throne. Before him will be gathered all the nations, and he will separate the people one from another as a shepherd separates the sheep from the goats. And he will place the sheep on his right and the goats on his left, and the king will say to those on his right, Come, you who are blessed by my Father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from before the foundation of the world. For I was hungry, and you gave me food. I was thirsty, and you gave me drink. I was a stranger, and you welcomed me. I was naked, and you clothed me. I was sick, and you visited me. I was in prison, and you came to me. And the righteous will answer him, saying, Lord, when did we see you hungry and feed you, thirsty and give you drink? And when did we see you a stranger and welcome you, or naked and clothe you? And when did we see you sick or in prison and visit you? And the king will answer them, truly I say to you, as you did it to one of the least of these, my brothers, you did it to me. See, God's people do good works because he's made them salt and light. They they didn't even remember, when did we do these things? (laughs) They're thinking, I I don't remember doing anything like that. Uh, They just did it because that's what they had been made. They glorified God with their good works because God had called them, the poor in spirit, into his kingdom and made them salt and light. Let me close with this for today. 
for better or for worse, I'm a lot like my dad. (laughs) I have lived in areas of the country where he's never lived and had people come up and start talking to me like they know me. And they don't know me, but they know my dad. And they, they see me and they recognize my dad. One time I had a, a conversation with a guy. He started up the conversation with me and I, I went to introduce myself to him and he said something to the effect of, oh, I already know who you are. You have to be John Meyer's son. I can tell from the moment I saw you, you know, you look like him, you sound like him, you've got the same mannerisms that he has. Well, I hadn't intentionally done any of those things, right? It just was because he's my dad. And so it is with salt and light. Our identities as Christians will be exposed You're going to be salt and light because in Christ, that's what you are. The longer you look to Jesus, listen to Jesus, confess your sins to Jesus, receive the forgiveness from Jesus, the more the Holy Spirit makes you to be as Jesus is. You are salt and light in Jesus. In Jesus' name, amen. Now may the peace that passes all understanding. Keep your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus to life everlasting. Amen.